Welcome to episode 21 of the Enterprise Should Suck Less. My name is Mike Besfina. I've got my co-host here. Amit Pandey. And we've got a really exciting guest here. We've got uh, Sunil Kaushik, um, who is the founder and CEO of Bull Inc. Um, and we're going to be talking to Sunil today about um, the products that they're launching in the uh, enterprise conference space. So, Sunil, if you want to just do a quick introduction about yourself and um, your company and what you guys are doing. Yeah, sure. Hi, Mike. Hi, Amit. Uh, so I run a company called uh, Boolink, and primarily, uh, you know, we build a, you know, we started with a single device in the beginning that essentially works uh, within the conference rooms. Uh, the idea here is, uh, you know, there are so many different things that goes wrong in the conference rooms, and our goal is to kind of build uh, these hardware devices that sit as hubs in these meeting rooms and uh, make meetings very simple, uh, um, and it's also pretty easy to use. So, so that's uh, that's the introduction. Yeah, great. Um, and I think this is a you know we talk about some of the things that that <laughs> that really suck in in the enterprise, and I think pretty much we could probably all agree that. Conference, the whole experience of a well, first of all, the experience of a meeting, I think, in general for enterprise companies is a is a real big pain point. Do you want to just let's start with that before we get into any sort of specific technologies? Where where do you think you know where people get frustrated about about just doing meetings in, in general? Yeah, so uh, the reason why I got into this was uh, you know before this uh, I used to run a company called Bubble Motion, and uh, you know I used to sell. Uh, a, a product to all the mobile operators grow globally. And one of the challenges I had was I would kind of probably fly in to about 10, 12 countries a month and meet operators and kind of present to them about the product and then also kind of do a quick demo. And a good uh, 95, 96% of the time when I kind of actually went into their office, for some reason or the other, my laptop would not connect to the projector or the TV or Something would go wrong all the time, and and these are like I mean one of the things with the with with that business was that you know it was pretty large deals because you know you would go meet the operators it used to be at least a million dollar plus and it could scale quite quickly so which meant that we had to make sure that, that you know the, the limited time we got with the 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 CEOs or the CMOs of these mobile operators we had to kind of just make sure that uh, you know we started right. And so what I kind of started doing was I would end up going there like 30 minutes before the meeting starts and typically kind of just ask the executive assistant or somebody there saying, I'll come in early. I want to set this up so that my presentation goes smoothly. And, you know, so I used to do all of these things for a long time. And, and uh, you know, globally, it takes about 16 minutes to start a meeting today. So that's a lot of time, right? And one of the issues is if you think about how each office and homes have kind of gone digital, uh, the only place that is still not digital is your meeting rooms because it's still analog, it's still all those wires and so on and so forth. And there have been a bunch of companies that's kind of come in and tried a few things to kind of actually solve this problem. But the issue is that, you know, there is like so much of uh, different kinds of operating systems that are there. Uh, when I say, you know, like, for example, Windows 7, Windows 8, Windows 9, Windows 10, so which means you got to kind of just make sure that, you know, if you have a laptop that's Windows 7, then it just works with that and also works with Windows 10. And if you had a Mac, then all of these other things, very different versions. So 
it's been very hard for a company to come in with a software view um, and kind of just make this very easy for somebody to walk into a meeting room very quickly, just click on a share button and be able to start sharing their screen. So, so I kind of thought, why no, why nobody is doing this? And there have been a couple of people who kind of come in and tried a very hardware-driven approach where, you know, you take like a dongle that you plug into your laptop and then this transmits wirelessly to a receiver. And it's pretty fast because both of them are hardware and it gets paired and all kinds of stuff. But the challenge was a lot of the people who came into meetings would walk away with these dongles. And uh, <laughs> so then, you know, you know, what would happen is that the IT guys would say, okay, I need to buy more dongles. So it kind of really never took off uh, to a large extent. So my, uh, I've been kind of really thinking about, you know, how do we kind of just solve the first problem, which is kind of just make sure that it doesn't take those 16 minutes that it does to get a meeting room, a meeting started, right? So that's the first one. And, and as I continue to keep thinking about this, it's just not really about starting a meeting. It's also about when you walk into a meeting room, uh, you know, and there's a good chance that somebody wants to get internet access uh, in that meeting room, right? And we all know that we carry these, you know, these, uh, you know, internet dongles and half the time for some reason or the other that the signal doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. So which means that you end up asking those guys, can I use your Wi-Fi network? And uh, to a large extent that some of these big enterprises are very closed networks. So you got to go back to the reception. Somebody gives you a, 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 a small a sheet of paper that has a Wi-Fi username and password. You come in, you register, and you already spend like 15 minutes to get your internet access, right? Yeah. So, so and, and then all of these other things, if in case you've got a person who is remotely going to join this meeting and there's like 52% of all meetings today have a remote participant, right? And so what happens in that scenario? And, you know, every time I kind of just get somebody, uh, I want to talk to somebody, the first thing I do is essentially restart my computer. So, you know, at least, uh, you know, there's uh, my computer works, but I don't even know whether that really helps. But uh, there's been a lot of issues in terms of getting meetings started on time giving people the tools that they need to conduct these meetings in a far more simpler way. And, uh, you know, I've been kind of thinking, how do I kind of just solve all these problems? And we've been building a couple of products. And one is like Projector, which is a smart hub for meeting rooms that does wireless uh, presentations that allows you to kind of run any video conferencing app, guest Wi-Fi, uh, and so on and so forth. And we've just launched a new product, which is called PZ, uh, P-E-A-S-Y, which is gopz.com. And what it does is we built a projector uh, that actually works. <laughs> so which, you know, people can walk into the meeting room and wirelessly present, uh, irrespective of what platform that they have and so on and so forth. So that's pretty much the thinking on, uh, uh, you know, what we want to do and how we're approaching this today. You know, I was going to say, uh, what's really interesting about the way you described the nature of the problem is that, um, you know, it's only when you go deep into thinking about how people actually do meetings and all of the inefficiencies um, in offices that you realize that, you know, it's a miracle that anything almost even gets done in meetings, <laughs> you know. And um, I'm sort of reminded of uh, a different product, which is, if you remember the electronic whiteboards, that were in the news um, way back in the days, right? That you'd sort of write on the board and 
Um, it would automatically save things. And I always felt that part of the problem with that product category was that you know, people didn't really think about, hey, how do people actually work in meeting rooms? And it seems like a lot of your uh, personal uh, as well as observed experiences Sunil, have kind of shaped the way you thought about um, even, you know, what size that product should be, because it's almost pocket size, right? It's a, you know, it's a small, uh, it's a small device, which uh, companies can put into their rooms, the, the projector device. But also, I imagine that some people probably just buy it and carry it with them. Does that does that happen as well with some of your customers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, I mean, you know, we kind of get these, uh, you know, uh, the, the medical representatives uh, who walk into these big large companies and you know most of these places because we have also a a hotspot built into the projector so some of these people kind of very quickly go and then just connect this to the tv they don't need any connection and they can quickly get their presentation started so we see like a lot of these kinds of people who uh use our product this is you know we see people in the in the sales kind of carry it uh we kind of uh, have these churches uh, that use our product because you know uh, it's it's you know it's not a use case that I thought uh, would be interesting. Um, we've seen lots of training that happens where you know there are like two or three instructors and we see uh, uh, you know a lot of the classrooms uh, kind of a setup where the teacher rather than just uh, kind of standing there at the podium where they've connected their laptop. And, you know, and then they kind of keep running their slides. And the issue really is they can't even get uh, these students to kind of actually show up their work because they need to walk back up on the on the podium in case they need to kind of share their screen. Uh, some of these things are interesting use cases that we've essentially seen. And I think the, uh, Amit, like what you said, which is, you know, there are a lot of these people who've tried some of these things. And I think the answer to this is not to build another collaborative tool because there are already enough and already there are enough players that are extremely well entrenched, right? I mean, if you think about Skype, I mean, you know, that's a fairly uh, well-used product in a lot of places and WebEx is another one and then Google Hangouts is another one. I think in the collaboration space, in case you're just looking at the documents and so on and so forth, I think Google Docs, I think some of these things do a fantastic job there. Uh, I think the real challenge essentially is uh, like you said, it's not about just collaborating with somebody because screen sharing and just getting a video call started, I think there's no differentiation in that space because there are a lot of companies that have kind of built these functionalities, right? I think the real differentiation is about once somebody collaborates, what happens to the data and what action could be taken on that data? I think that's something that we want companies to build versus kind of making announcements and saying, now my screen sharing is HD, right? cares, right? I mean, it's, 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 it's already decent, right? I mean, I never complain about, you know, your screen sharing uh, from your Skype is not as good because, you know, it works pretty well. So, yeah, those are, uh, those are interesting points, uh, certainly. And I think, um, you know, Mike, you've been on the road uh, quite a bit uh, recently, right? You, you do this a lot in your own due diligence work. Do you, do you run into a lot of these issues uh, yourself when you're like at a lot of these companies which may not even necessarily be um, as high-tech, uh, but that you're evaluating? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is one, I mean, this is a problem that every business has. Is I think, Sunil, as you mentioned, um, re you know, regardless of whether you um, 
you have everybody in a meeting room or you've got people remote. Um, you know, I think one is <laughs> almost every meeting I have, there's always somebody remote thrown in there. Um, that person can't be engaged because either there isn't something connected, they don't have a solution or you walk into the room and yeah, you do spend five or 10 minutes just getting set up. So, um, I certainly see that that issue is being fairly, let's say universal. Um, and I think it's interesting. I mean, it, I, I, you know, looking at your, your, your site here and, and sort of how you, it looks like you guys, um, you guys even support iOS six, which I, you know, I've never even seen anybody <laughs> go, go that far back in terms of support. And I think what's interesting, this is like, I think is an interesting topic around actually somewhere where Microsoft has done very well, which is, um, the, allowing the ability to uh, support everything is a huge feature in itself. And I wondered if you could talk a little bit more about that, because I think that's something that we, we get like with a lot of sort of newer high tech companies. They often actually don't think that way. They don't think about compatibility as a feature and extensibility and legacy compatibility as a feature. Whereas I think the three of us know you go into any of these companies and uh, working with legacy technology and antiquated technology is actually a huge feature. And I, you know, I want to get your, your kind of thoughts on that, Sunil. Yeah, I, I think I, I completely agree with you. I think Microsoft is probably the, uh, the only interesting company that uh, kind of really thinks about, uh, you know, uh, having a, a little more, uh, yeah, you know, a product that will actually be much more compatible across uh, various different things. And also, I think the, the developer community is, was, is, has also been an interesting one for them because people have been involved in kind of building these applications. But that's kind of stopped, right? I mean, because a lot of the application developers have kind of moved out of building these things into the Microsoft ecosystem. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, uh, and and Google has kind of done a bunch of things. I mean, they've done a thing called Chromecast, which is pretty much tied to the Chrome. I mean, a lot of these guys are pretty much like hand in glove in terms of the way they think about what kind of technologies uh, that they want to build. And uh, a, a lot of these guys essentially want to have uh, the control on both the sides, right? I mean, the side where you have a device that is Android or whatever it is, which works very well because that's made by Google, and then you have a Chromecast kind of a device that is essentially made by Google, and it just works flawlessly, right? And Google thinks that's the world from, from their standpoint. And Apple, on the other side, has built this AirPlay into iPhones, and they think this Apple TV that they have is an interesting one to do. And because they control both these things, they could do these things in a far better way. But uh, I think as these real these BYOD kind of is happening and people are bringing these multiple devices to work, whether it is a Surface Pro or whether it is, uh, you know, like an iPad or an Android phone or a, or any of these other things, then being able to support some of these things becomes uh, a huge challenge for these existing players. And I think Microsoft has done some interesting stuff, but I think in, in this specific space that because you need to kind of really be integrated very well into the device that is essentially presenting, right? Because it's probably a decent video that needs to be streamed. There is probably a screen that needs to be shared and that has to be very quick. Now, what happens is that is, uh, uh, you know, none of these guys have been able to kind of do a slightly broad-based thinking and have their applications distributed across multiple platforms. And we think we probably could be an interesting company that understands what happens at the OS level on the client side 
uh, where, you know, and then we kind of make sure that, you know, we uh, have backward compatibility across multiple things. And on the receiver side, because we control that part of it, because we build the device, we think there could be an edge there. But I, we really want to see uh, some of these big companies kind of just, uh, you know, really spending time building some of these uh, applications or, or, or APIs uh, and exposing some of these things so that other people could build on top of, uh, of their platforms. Uh, but, you know, I think Microsoft has done a fantastic job with the Word and the PowerPoint across multiple places, right? I mean, they've done this on Mac. But I think for them, the big platforms are basically Microsoft and Apple, right? I mean, they don't think about anything else other than that. And uh, that's, that's... Well, and kind of building upon uh, the something you said earlier um, in the in this session around the value really being in the data and what happens in a meeting and what happens after the meeting, it almost seems that in the next couple of years, um, some of the interesting problems will be around, well, how do we just make a meeting more effective um, at the software layer, right? So if you, if you think about um, when people go into a meeting and then they go out of a meeting, there's so much lossiness and uh, just leakage on uh, well, uh, you know, we, we agreed on this meeting and, you know, uh, I don't know, back in the days people used to do these, you know, meeting minutes, which most people never read, but it kind of makes the program manager happy. <laughs> and, um, and I'm thinking, so, to, so uh, if you just kind of uh, put, take that uh, crystal ball into the, the next couple of years of the space, are there things that can be done to just make meetings more effective in terms of, hey, you know that remote participant actually hasn't spoken 99% of the time and you know some way to sort of alert the rest of the the group so that you you get this distribution of um uh, of of collaboration within a meeting because most meetings are actually inherently not very collaborative uh, and often suffer from you know the the loudest person speaking and all of that and i wonder if uh, software um uh, whether it's after you guys are doing or uh, you think might be done in the future could help with um, doing some of that collaboration more effectively. And also, you know, you walk out of that meeting and everybody kind of knows, uh, hey, here's the four things that we all sort of agreed upon, but um, using more of, uh, you know, AI and, and, and such, uh, you, you're able to you literally make meetings way more effective than it is today um, and, um, and such. So just kind of brainstorming a little bit about, uh, you know, what sort of uh, beyond uh, the horizon over the next couple of years. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, in, in, in places like sales organizations, this is already happening, right? The, okay. Like clear slide where, you know, like somebody is sending out a slide deck and they're looking at how often somebody opened it, how many minutes somebody was on that specific slide. Uh, so there it is very much driven based on a specific outcome. Um, and, and those people because you know they lose their jobs if they don't get their sales so everybody looks at it very seriously and there has been tools that has kind of been built but if you're actually in the you know in a product kind of a setup right i mean you know it's not so much a, a outcome driven meeting majority of the times actually i built a feature within projector a couple of years ago where you know we hired our first mba sales guy and so you know we wanted to kind of use our own product so we used to get him every week and just have this guy kind of put up a bunch of slides and he would talk like 15 minutes on one specific slide. And at the end of it, I would say, what the heck were we discussing about, right? And what we did was we introduced something called time scale. 
And the idea was if somebody could not go through a slide in three minutes, that means that slide's not really worth it, right? So somebody is not really uh, clearly summarized. Uh, and, 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 and of course, you know, you could kind of probably take some questions and answers in the last slide, but kind of somebody kind of talking about or, or kind of uh, uh, reeling out a story on, on a slide is something that a majority of the people do and we waste a lot of time. And so we, we thought that could be one of the interesting things to kind of do where, you know, you kind of think about, you know, like, is there a specific number of minutes that you want to associate with this slide? I don't know the answer to this. And I thought that could be an answer. But, uh, you know, in some meetings, that could be an answer. And maybe in some meetings, it may not be. But I think it's really going to happen because, you know, as, as more and more people get into these meetings and they realize that it's not going anywhere. Because, you know, somebody was given a specific thing and, uh, you know, he was supposed to do and, you know, for some reason he had some excuse. Now, some of this information is not captured well enough. Lots of issues. I think things like Slack is kind of doing some of these things in interesting ways, Mm -hmm. where at least on, you know, somebody, there is at least a thread that you can visualize, right? But imagine the ones that, you know, you're having a video conferencing uh, or an audio conferencing with somebody. How do you capture? that data, right? It's completely lost. It's not structured. There's no way. I mean, you know, except that somebody probably, if he's there to kind of take the minutes of the meeting and sends out a minutes of the meeting saying this is what's happened. Right. But uh, but it's still not taken so seriously. So I think when when I kind of think about what's next for, uh, for Projector and PZ, I don't want to definitely build another collaboration tool that that essentially allows somebody to share their screen or kind of just does video conferencing. This has been done, right? I mean, you have to think about that data that's already there and what do you do with it, right? It's much more, it needs to be more actionable. So I spend a lot of time thinking about what's the right thing to do for us. And, and we're just kind of slowly taking some steps, thinking about is timescale the right way to do it? Is it some other way to do this? I think Slack has done it in some interesting way, but I think we got to kind of think about some of these other multimedia kind of content that kind of happens in these meeting rooms and think about how we can kind of really draw out action points from some of those conversations, right? So, Got it. Got uh, it. And, no, this is, no, this is great, uh, Sanal. I was just, uh, you know, as we get towards the last uh, uh, minute or two of the podcast, I was just thinking as you were talking that a very interesting future topic, uh, and this ties back to something that Mike, uh, you know, we discussed with John in podcast in episode 19, is... Uh, conference bots, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a topic maybe for a different conversation because a, a lot of um, a lot of it is just that as human beings, we forget stuff, you know, and, and that's where I think it's sort of interesting to think about um, something that reminds us, um, something that uh, reminds us <laughs> to um, like, hey, uh, this is the one thing you got to do after that meeting, you know. Actually, if we get that mic, you and I should use it for a podcast as well. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I'll build that software and give it to you guys so that you can give me feedback. So, <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, Sunil, it was, it was a pleasure to talking to you. Um, this has been great. Uh, I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. Um, now, we give you kind of the last sort of 30 seconds here to give give a quick pitch and also, um, you know, about your, your company and your product. Um, and then just if you want to give a way for people to get in touch with you, if they want to know more about the, the, the products, um, you know, where can they find that? So we'll hand it over to you on that. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, Bulink has two products today. One is called Projector. So uh, this is like a smart hub that sits in the meeting room and enables people to kind of actually wirelessly present. 
also has a processor and runs about 10, 12 different video conferencing applications so that you can walk into a room and choose whatever video conferencing application you want to use and click on it and connect with somebody and talk. And the third one is we also uh, provide a hotspot so guests can come in and get a guest internet access right out of the box so that you don't need to go to the reception and pick up that sheet of paper to get your Wi-Fi. Um, and uh, that's the first product, which is Projector. And the website is P-R-I-J-E-C-T-O-R.com. P-R-I-J-E-C-T-O-R.com. And the second product, which we're just launching this week, is called PZ, which means Projector Made Easy. Mm-hmm. And what we think is, just like the way that the guy who made the first smartphone did not win the the smartphone, the guy who made the first mobile phone did not win the smartphone. It'll be very similar in the projector business. The guy who made the first projector will not make a smart projector. So uh, PZ is a smart projector that essentially has been built with a completely uh, very different thinking uh, with a real operating system, with a real processor, and the ability to kind of do software updates, ability to for people to come in and do wireless presentations, the ability to kind of have guest internet connectivity right at the projector level. Uh, That's the second product. We're just launching that. And the website is gopeasy.com, G-O-P-E-A-S-Y.com, G-O-P-E-A-S-Y.com. And that's like projector made easy. And my email is sunil at projector.com. That's the email that you can reach me at if in case somebody has any inputs or any questions. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sunil. Thank you so much. Mike, thank you so much, Amit. Nice speaking to you guys.